table knows the uh, entire contemporary history in 20 minutes. <laughs> that helps me a lot as well, because then I can just focus in on something very specific um, about the Kahneman's um, paper. And that is one sentence, actually, that she, she said... The term survivors is now the preferred term to describe persons who have suffered injury so as to avoid portraying these persons who will continue to be helpless victims rather than persons trying to cope with the aftermath of their trauma. Now, while that may be fairly valid, I'm going to be looking at victims today um, as that's how the group that I researched self-identified and also because I think survivors implies less of a counter doesn't have an opposition as much as victims implies perpetrator. Um, and I think it's important not to lose sight of the fact that it's not just about um, the words unity and healing of survivors, but actually it's about um, overcoming perpetration and impunity. So, yeah, also, as like I said later on, um, that they would consider all of these issues and allow the Zimbabwean people to design for themselves the mechanism that they want to apply to achieve healing, reconciliation and integration. And while that's very um, commendable, I think it's important to ask which Zimbabweans. Um, and actually she helpfully answers that later by giving a long list of people that she would invite to a an all-stakeholders conference, which would decide the mechanism to be used. Unfortunately, victims are not mentioned, neither are survivors, by the way, in this list. Um, so I brought some friends with me today and asked what they would like. Um, I did research over the sort of political um, impasse last year between the runoff election and the GPA in September, when basically Zimbabwe was ungoverned. Um, and I interviewed 30 victims of torture and organized violence about their views on the negotiations and about transitional justice. Um, and I'm going to, yeah, some of them are going to speak. Um, and unfortunately, it's probably more likely to raise more questions than actually present facts. Um, but I think that's a nice balance in a way. So I will chip in every now and then. And because our meetings were largely informal and fairly intimate conversations, <coughs> there's quite a lot of conversation as opposed to interview. So you're going to have to excuse my rather all too frequent interjections and especially very odd sound effects. <laughs> you will notice it will provide some life relief to what is a pretty heavy conversation, but um, do please excuse that. Okay, so basically I've given the background of my research. Um, so the first thing I'm going to present is just a background um, into the nature of the harms suffered by the people that were involved in my research. Most frequently mentioned were torture, organized violence, arson, beatings, property destruction, displacement, and economic indigence. Okay. Let's see. Uh, it's around 15, 55 on my way. Is that loud enough? Uh, I was approached by more than 20 people. Uh, they were demanding that I should have to surrender all of these materials. Uh, and then, upon my refusal, they started to appoint me. Uh, they started to beat me. Uh, with, uh, 
uh, they were using, uh, they started to beat me with an
you can't just let someone miss out and expect her to go to take your ex because someone. obvious perpetrators must go and be tried. This thing is not something which people have to debate on. It's simple to follow the constitution. If you murder, you will go to the high court and the high court will pass sentence. And at least if that person had his or her mother or father killed, at least they will know that there was some sort of justice that happened. It will be a lesson for the future, not only for Zimbabwe, but for other countries to stop tyrants rising up. But for the way for the Syrian family, for example, um, just giving orders and commanding responsibilities like the ministers of defense, the ministers of state security, those in charge of the central intelligence organization, those in charge of the green bombers, for example, the minister of youth. A lot of people really need to be tried and uh, incarcerated to set an example. I think what Zimbabwe is really is of course considering that it's not particularly Actually, everybody child and they accept to feel that uh, is to distinguish between the, the serious offenses and those that we could tell minor offenses. Of course, it's a very difficult thing to say this is a trivial crime yeah. with crimes of this nature because they are all crimes against the conscience of mankind. Um, but there needs to be some kind of uh, distinction to say these are. Lesser crime. So this will, the, the guys who commit the lesser crime may actually maybe do community service. The reason I put responsibility and liability as separate things was because often in the interview I'd say who do you hold responsible or who was responsible for your pain, and people would mention the person directly responsible in their rural village or who'd actually been responsible for their beating or the burning of their home. And when I said, and what do you think, you know, who do you think should be held responsible, it was often a very different person. There was a clear indication that they, they felt the majority of um, respondents felt that command responsibility should be punished. Um, so whereas responsibility was obviously, was often attributed to the people directly responsible, liability was often associated with seniority, so giving of orders, um, decision-making power. There was a lot of understanding on the low level of um, coercion and various elements at play in a sense that, that many of the lower level crimes could be dealt with um, through a more restorative community approach, also because of pragmatic reasons, but a very strong sense of command responsibility.
that reconciliation happen, which shows that clearly there hasn't been enough attention or public acknowledgement of Ugrumundi, and some people just still aren't aware of the scale um, of the events. Most said after 1980, um, because it was the government that they had voted into power, and because they felt that the Gukurumundi was an important thing to resolve um, somehow. It will take us time to to understand each other, you know, the whites, the blacks, the Tibetans, mm. the Shonas, you know, to be united. That's one part, the reconciliation of the entities. If you ask him what a Tibetan guy that year, how do you see the Shona guy? Well, tell, tell you that I'll see the Shona guy that he is. Uh, somebody who kills people mm. they, because they killed us. Mm. They killed my fathers. They beat my brothers. Mm. So for us to unite, it will take us, those people who have damaged, to be prosecuted. Now clearly a lot of this is highly unlikely, but um, just to present what people are, are feeling. Um, so just to conclude and wrap it up, um, basically a lot of different actors are advancing various transitional justice agendas for Zimbabwe, um, the state, the civil society organizations. And both the state and the civil society organizations are working a victim-centered rhetoric, so, uh, either in claiming who they represent or saying that it's important to do something that will address this with safe victims. But their use of, of this is fairly reductive. Um, often what they mean by victim-centered is either a truth commission, because they somehow see it as inherently benefiting victims, or civil society representation. <coughs> civil society is incredibly diverse and um, incorporates a lot of different agendas and um, levels of accessibility to victims. Um, and so I think it's really important to, to critically look at that. Um, and it seems to be more rhetoric than any kind of real representation or the reality of what victims are actually thinking or wanting. There's been very little consultation done to date um, by groups that are at the center of, of, um, of this agenda. They largely are sort of prioritizing conferences and workshops to, to see what should be done. Um, so although, my respondents were very diverse in, in, in terms of what they felt should be done with different levels, perpetrators, and you know, different eras. They were virtually unanimous in saying that they wanted uh, you know, legal redress and would rather have a compromise. I mean, they identified that this was, there were going to be significant impediments to any serious transitional justice process and it was highly unlikely. But they rather wanted to compromise within that framework or for things almost to stay as they were until that could happen, rather than accepting a compromise outside of that um, and accepting a settlement with continued impunity. They felt like their suffering would not have been, you know, worth much if that had happened. Um, so what I was, so what I just feel is that either there's a critical need for genuine consultation. Um, and for especially civil society groups claiming to represent victims to really give them genuine platforms 
to influence the debate. Um, if not, then I think they should stop using a victim-centered rhetoric and discourse because it isn't. Thank you. Okay.